Hey now, boys and girls, welcome into show 94 here, the Pucknologist on Teal Town USA. I'm your host, AJ underscore strong there on the Twitter machine and other social stuff. And with me tonight, of course, Rocket Backhander. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Rocket Backhander. How you doing? <laughs> nice, short and sweet. We're going to have a type 40 tonight. Not even 45. Not even 45. Yeah. Uh, hockey Jerk is on assignment, which means stuck at the craps table. But, uh, hey, we're here for you. If we get lucky, maybe he'll pop in. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but remember to follow us on all the social media channels. You can find them, Teal Town USA, on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. And, hey, if you have an iTunes account, we'd love a review and maybe some five stars over there. Totally appreciate that. And remember, if you don't catch us live, you can find us on your favorite podcatcher after the fact. On YouTube, the replays always are, and everything on TealTownUSA.com. Let's get into the week that was week 22 here of Sharks Hockey. Sharks go 2-1 and one at Philadelphia, then coming home, hosting New Jersey and Pittsburgh. The last 10 games, Sharks have 4-6, and six, just like last week. <laughs> now 12 points out of a wild card spot, if we're still counting. After being 13 out last week, so, you know. Progress. Progress, absolutely. Three points separate five teams shooting for the bottom two wildcard spots. So, hey, there's that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 we could always be worse. We could be Detroit. Oof. Oof. Who, who coincidentally beat the Sharks. Anyway, uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> Let's start at Philadelphia. Aaron Dell would get the start in this one. The big news, of course, though, being that it was the return of Logan Couture the day after the trade deadline occurred. Oh, boy. Uh, even when you look at the post game on this, you could see that Couture felt like the team needed him back, maybe even a little sooner than he wanted to come back. Uh, but either way, uh, not a great game. 4 2 loss. Um, uh, you know, the controllers looked a little disconnected most of this game. Um, and it was the end of a bad road trip. You know, those, what was that? Uh, let me grab my schedule. Yeah, it was four, yeah, that four game Eastern roadie. And it's not like even the travel was very, <laughs> was very difficult. You know, at Jersey, at New York, at New York, at Philly. Uh, this is a very small <laughs> group, you know. Uh, but you can tell the boys were just kind of wiped. But on a good note, uh, we see some. Action from the CUDA players, if you will. Noah Gregor and Joel Shellman both getting their second NHL goals ever. So there's a silver lining if you really want to see it, Rocket. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, are you at least looking forward to, to these last 17 games or so where you can kind of get a, more of a look at what's in the pipeline and what we can look forward to on the bottom six for next season. No, I don't. I'm not excited about any of these games because we are so far out of a wild card spot. Like this is not pre training camp, pre prospect scrimmage, pre July showcase. This is not that this is people who are clobbering the crap out of each other for a playoff spot. And they're all at the end of the road. They're all, you know, battered, beaten, and bruised, and tired, and sore. And I'm nervous because I worry that some of these guys will sustain some injuries that maybe will linger 
a little bit in season and I'm just just I don't want them to get beat up unnecessarily and being 13 points out of a uh, excuse me 12 points now out of wild card spot that's um that's far enough for me to be like yeah I don't want you to phone it in but please don't break yourself on my account boys <laughs> well after that four game roadie the Sharks return home for a six game homestand I believe this is like maybe their second or third longest at home but hey wow. Maybe you can, uh, again, try to get into some good habits with a little bit of home cooking, if you will. But, hey, two games at home so far on this stand. The Sharks have won both of them. The first one, of course, being against New Jersey. Martin Jones gets the start now. The Sharks absolutely pathetic through the first period of this one. Uh, from what we heard from Coach Bob Bugner is he basically let the boys stew in the dressing room for about 10 minutes after that first period just saying figure it out on your own type of a thing and then <clears throat> comes in and is just uh you know so were you guys able to chat amongst yourselves <laughs> <laughs> figuring it out and did we talk yeah exactly <laughs> uh they get their groove back for the second and third and end up going into overtime and boom 40 seconds in the captain like we just mentioned, just came back and boom, 40 seconds in, he nails the game winner. Uh, now, you can't get too crazy because this is against the worst team in the Metro, but hey, good habits. They had a comeback. Uh, you know, the only thing, Rocket, that I could say bad about that overtime was uh, Logan Couture's goal song. <laughs> no, you can't say that was bad. I'm sorry. At the end of, I'm sorry, dude. Like, for. Uh... It it's unexpected, it's it's out of left field, but it's still a joyous celebration. So I think, and I mean, it's a hundred percent true. Yes, girls do just want to have fun, <laughs> and you know how you know how we have fun. We have fun by watching Logan Couture score goals. So I mean, like it all works out, and I mean, like people want to want to like you know look down on them and be like, that's so dumb. You shouldn't do that. You know what? If it's if it's what brings us joy. Let us have our joy. As Sharks fans, we don't have very much this year. I just, I wonder how many more 80s songs we're going to get this year. Uh, who knows? Remains to be oh, seen. All of them. I hope so. It is, I'm still bummed out that there are some players that don't have a song yet. Uh, I believe, uh, well, we'll get to it in a second. But either way, that's the way the New Jersey game shakes out. Then you're hosting Pittsburgh. It's the second coming, I don't know, third coming of Patrick Marlowe at this point. I don't know. I've lost count. Oh, yeah. he's he's. This is sweater number three in that building, isn't it? I believe so. Uh, yeah. A 5-0 shutout. Oof. Uh, Martin Jones getting the start again. This mm, probably is the best we've seen the Sharks look the entire season. Just all out heart, all effort. Uh just hands Pittsburgh, who, you know, third in their division is, you know, right now locked into a playoff spot. Hands Pittsburgh their sixth straight loss. I don't know what the hell's going on in Pittsburgh over the last six games. Of course, the awful thing about this is uh, Jake Middleton had a horrific injury in this one. Haven't heard an update yet on this. Oh, probably God, haven't yet, have we? Oh, no. Yeah, probably won't hear anything until uh, Monday morning at the soonest. And you know, Tuesday morning at the at the latest, because I'm assuming 
something is going to uh, occur between now and then, but uh, we'll hear what happens. Heed, Tim Heed, hashtag free Heed, would get an assist in his 100th NHL game. And, of course, the funny part of this game was the official scores. Oh. These are official NHL scores. Kane opens the scoring on this one, and somehow the assists are given to Vlasic and Tomas Hurdle, who has oh. played a game with the Sharks in a month. He's that good. Evidently. I mean, wow. <laughs> but uh, Joe Thornton, we're back to the goal song thing. Joe Thornton did, is the one who made it 5 nothing, uh, if I remember correctly. Joe Thornton had no goal song. It was too unlimited. Get ready for this. Uh, so it it is kind of a pain, or I shouldn't say a pain, but it's just it sucks that if you're going to do something like this, like you needed to have everybody have their songs submitted before you announced it and have them yeah. like ret to go. Yeah, I agree. And I also think they should have fired this off at the beginning of the season. Like it's yeah. a cool idea, but the execution of it was just eh, three out of ten. Yeah, just to like crowbar it in in the middle of the season. It was just like. Somebody band, you know, I can just picture a bunch of guys sitting around a conference table going, you know, we need a hook. <laughs> we need something hmm. new here. I know. Personal I goal know. songs. How's that working out? All right. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, geez. And and then the, uh, the other funny thing. Look, we love uh, the broadcast crew. All right. You know, Hetty, Bakes, Randy, Ruzi. Love them all. But it is fun when they make mistakes. Uh, you, you had Randy is the quintessential professional. Uh, I was shocked. Like when I saw it on the score strip that it said Vlasic and Hurdle for the assists, I was like, eh, the, you know, those guys have made mistakes plenty of times before. I remember at one point, I think they had Vlasic shown as the goalie Burns was like the set or I'm sorry. Uh, Jones was the second center. Uh, then they had like, like placeholder on a line like literally the the graphics guy were asleep at the wheel that time but the fact that randy actually said hurdle as the assistant i was like man randy like i wonder if he just reads that score strip and he's just like uh uh what, what's the will ferrick feral character you know I'm, anchorman yeah where he's just like hey you put it on the screen i'm reading it i'll read it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i got a kick out of that uh but on that one for the middleton one i just thought i just found it comical that at first they see that it's oh Middleton looks hurt and uh wonder what happened and Hetty immediately goes <clears throat> well uh Han goes oh, but no he looks hurt and and Hetty just jumps in and goes no he no, lost a skate blade. skate blade he lost yeah. a blade he lost a blade and Cut then to. and then all of a sudden it cuts you know it does the 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 tight shot of Middleton skates and you can see both blades clearly on there and then Randy goes, no, he's hurt. And then Hetty just jumps right in. Oh, yeah, he's hurt. He's And I'm like, Hetty, come on, dude. You got a monitor right in front of you. You're s literally seeing the same feed we're all seeing. But anyway, it was just, it's for as good as the game was, it was just fun to listen to the broadcast crew. And again, we're just looking for giggles because we know the season is essentially a wash. Yeah, <laughs> basically. And I do want to uh, address the chat for a hot second while we're here. Uh, we will get your questions. I'm logging them. I'm so we will get to those. Don't don't you worry. We're getting to them. But uh, let's let's get through some other stuff first. So the week that was, type yeah, type forty. <laughs> the week that was, we saw some some good play from some key guys. How about Yol Shelman? 
uh, a point in all three games, two goals and an assist. You got Sorensen, after being unnoticeable for a long time, gets a goal and three assists over these three games, including an amazing pass off the boards to Shellman. That was fantastic. Those guys are finding some chemistry. And you got Noah Greger, a goal and an assist. Ferraro, a goal and two assists. And then Evander Kane. Remember, three-game suspension, then he was benched. Like He has had a week and a half to write home about. And then over these last three, a goal and three assists. And uh, it's a good thing when Kane is putting up more points than penalty minutes. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, I fully agree. So is there anybody else that has like stood out for you over these three games where you just kind of like, you know, Good for them. Like they needed to get some, or if there, or is there somebody conversely where you're going, man? What happened to you? You were so good for a while. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting that uh, you know, and I, I mentioned this before in social media. Oh dear, um, oh. that there a car is so being we, stolen outside. There's, yeah, somebody's stealing a car outside. It's sure, it's not yours. Okay. No, it's not mine. <laughs> it's my it's my father's because nice. he uh, lost the transmission on his service truck in the middle of the freeway, and he's driving a rental now. Anyway, nice. yeah. So uh, I think that I've I mentioned this on my social media too. Is that you know when we signed a superstar EK65, everybody was like, oh, including me. And um, you know that that's that's gone a little bit different than I think we all thought it would, but. I think what made me nervous was, you know, and this is something that we've said all, all season is that there's no depth. Sharks have no depth. The the farm, no depth. We're shallow. We're like a kiddie pool. Kiddie pool. Exactly. A puddle. You know? So it made me really nervous. And it's like, well, you know, even a, a bad superstar, still a superstar is better to have them than a bunch of nothing. But, you know, in the absence of Eric Carlson on, on this team, I really have not felt like doom, gloom, and a, a complete lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe they're just playing a little happier now. And maybe I like a happier team. Oh, interesting to see how the team is responding without the diva in the room. <laughs> I don't, I'm not saying he's a diva because I can't say that. I just I say what I'm, hey, I'm not going to play the analytics game. I'm just giving it the eye test. There you go. But uh, it's this is something that we talked about on After Dark following the Pittsburgh game was just, you know, Tim Heat has come in basically to replace Carlson. Not once have I heard anybody say the things about Heat that they were saying about Carlson. You know, like, boy, Carlson, you know, that's a dangerous pass, him floating that up in the middle or throwing it into the slot, missing the player, or doing, you know, there was some silliness that Carlson would, you know, high risk, high reward. But there was some. I'm not hearing anybody make those same comments about Tim Heed. Just throwing that out there. And then I think the other elephant in the room that we need to think about just for a hot second. Since Marlowe has left this team, Pittsburgh hasn't won, and the Sharks have looked great. So maybe he was the problem the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! It's a combination of the two. Oh wow! Kidding! Kidding! No, you're not. All right. Let's get to the numbers. Uh, over the last five games, the power play, it's not good, people. <laughs> One for 12, 8%. Hoof. Hoof. Now, has it gotten better looks of late? Yes. But still, you got to bury those. But then again, a lot of new faces on this team. You got to find that chemistry again. However, that being said, 
We saw Barkley Goodrow leave the team, one of the team's best PKers, and yet the PK over the last five games, 14 of 15, 93%. You love to see it. However, they did lose three of five of those, so maybe they just need to play like 40 minutes of the game on the PK and they'll win more. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there as an option. Uh, Dell over his <laughs> Dell over his last four starts has posted an 887. Right, uh, that's that's okay. No, that sucks. <laughs> I know, but it's it's not like a 762. That's true, but there it's was also not a 920, but still. Yes, uh, but over those four starts, uh, also not a whole lot of goal support. But either way, after that run that we saw Dell have, um. It's interesting when you juxtapose it to Jones' last four starts, which is a 928. But when you factor in the fifth game, which was a shutout, all of a sudden that average jumps up to 942. So Jones, over the last five games, has had two shutouts, plus a 913, plus a 920. He did have the one bad game versus the Islanders, but the entire team looked you know, worn at that point. Remember, that Islanders game was played less than 24 hours from the previous game. Third game in uh, four days, so you can kind of see that well, maybe the Sharks gave up some high-danger chances more than they usually do. But either way, maybe this less of a workload, and this is something that Kevin Kurz talked about a week or so ago, that maybe Jones's workload caught up to him, and that was one of the problems. But maybe also working with Nabby and having a lighter load has allowed Jones to find his game, get a little more comfortable, what what say you? No, I fully I fully agree with that. I think that you know you have you guys out there who you're only good for like 14 minutes and then you just fall fall apart. You guys out there who they hit their sweet spot right around that 20 minute mark, and you got beasts like Burns who can play for you know, uh, well 30. not great forever, but he can play you know some some minutes. And I think that 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 kind of sweet spot is no different for a netminder you know there are goalies who can play shutouts and back-to-backs and back-to-back back-to-backs and home and homes and home and aways and (laughs) and then you know yeah and they're they're only out because they've they they just need a maintenance day and the backup guys there and there's a there's you know other guys who who can't take that kind of workload and that's the reason why the nhl teams have two netminders so i think that I think that this is important for Martin Jones and his trajectory as a professional goalie, not necessarily just with the Sharks, but of course with the Sharks, but for him to be able to take this opportunity and really find out where his sweet spot is. And if this is edging towards the, like, you know, the center of it by him, like, you know, pulling back a little bit and having Dell take a little bit more of the workload, um, I'm all for it. I think it's great. And it seems to be helping. And, and uh, Kurtz has, has said that Dell, or not Dell, but Jones has brought it up more than once about how, like, he's like, bruh, I played, like, a lot. Have you noticed over the last four years, like, how much y'all have ridden me and put me away wet? Mm-hmm. So I get it. I get it. <clears throat> well, there's been a lot of talk of, you know, do the Sharks try to fix their issue in goal? Do they go with – I mean, they're tied with Jones for another four seasons. Dell is F.A., so do you keep him? Do you look at something else? But I've I've been under uh, – you know, my quote is, look, I think you go with Jones for one more season, give him a full summer working with Nabby, 
And maybe you do bring someone in to challenge him more than an Arendelle. We'll see. Can we get James Reimer back? Boy, that would that would be interesting. I would. I, I would, don't have a problem with that. Yeah, same here. Like, I, I don't think there's anybody in the Sharks fan gate bleh, fan base who's like, no. Like all of, I mean, I know that it's a cap situation and contracts and blah blah blah, and we're just you know puffing each other's dreams here, but. Let us have our dreams. It's been a bad season. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the, through 33 games with DeBoer, they were 15, 16, and 2. Through 32 games with Boogie, 13, 17, and 2. I don't know that you could blame coaching for that. I think it was the easy change to try to go with. Um, then again, PDB didn't have injuries to Couture and Hurdle and Carlson, but still, uh, it, it will be fun to see if. Bugner, based on what he does for the remainder of this season, if he does get the interim tag removed or if Doug Wilson looks for someone else. And if he does, is part of that deal that, oh, you need to keep Bugner as the defensive coach, though. Like if that's going to be a caveat to a contract, because typically head coach wants to bring in his own guys. So, yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, let's, uh, get to some comments in the chat real quick before, uh, we go any further. <clears throat> Zach, do you honestly see the Sharks, uh, beating the leaves on Tuesday? Well, there wasn't a lot of people that thought the Sharks were going to beat Pittsburgh. So anything sure can happen at this point. And I think yeah. they can beat Toronto because look, Toronto's spiraling. You don't know what's going to happen there. If anybody can beat An uh, Frederick Anderson right now, so <laughs> it's we'll see. dude. They got beaten by a Zamboni driver for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so if the Sharks bring the same effort that they brought against Pittsburgh, I think the the Sharks definitely have you know the, a chance to make it a, a three three win streak. Yeah, why not? Okay. Let's see, do it. That's what I'm talking about. Well, let's do it. <laughs> so uh, Cheryl pointing out that uh, they weren't sure who scored the goal, which is why we didn't hear a song. Now, I, I, I'm trying to remember what player that was. I want to say that was Ferraro. That was Ferraro. Okay, but we also that uh, that it was Thornton that scored. So I think he just does not have a song right now, which doesn't surprise me. That's just absolutely Thornton. He's like, who needs a song? Who cares? What? No, it's either, somebody had mentioned this, they said it's either uh, Rooster by Alice in Chains. Which is what it should be. Yes, or uh, Stroke by Billy Squire. Yep. Or, yeah. or Clarence Carter has a song called Strokin'. Oh, yeah, I remember that from uh, Nutty Professor. He's in the car, listen to it. There you go. So, see, that's what I'm saying. I was just... <laughs> uh, uh, Cheryl, though, pointing out a great point, too. You know, maybe they're playing free since playoffs aren't like weighing down. Like they're not worried about making the playoffs. So now it's that option of like, look, I don't have to be worried. I don't have to grip the stick that tight because, hey, I can play a little looser because playoffs aren't something that we're worried about right now. And I think this is also an option for Bugner to kind of give, you know, like if somebody makes a mistake or whatever, you don't, we saw that I don't know how many times from DeBoer, someone would, a young guy would come up. He'd make a mistake and his ass would be stapled to the bench for the rest of the game. <clears throat> Good job. Thank you. So mm -hmm. you would see things like that. Maybe Bugner says, you know, hey, look, not a lot on the line here. 
<laughs> or not just, you know, the only thing we have to play for really is to try to screw Ottawa's draft pick. So, <laughs> you know, have some fun and just, you know, go with it. Do the right things. That's what we really want to see. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe we get rid of Dalton Prout. Um, so... <laughs> Other Sharks news, of course, uh, for those of you living under a rock, uh, the Sharks have traded Patrick Marlowe to the Penguins <laughs> for a conditional 2021 third rounder. It will move to a second rounder if the Penguins are to win the Cup. Uh, over these last six games, they haven't looked great, uh, but I think Tristan Jari will find his groove. I think th the Penguins are too good to not figure out what's going on between you know, Crosby, Malkin, they added Sheary, you get Marlowe. I mean, there are some solid pieces there. And this is one of those things where, hey, you know, crap the bed now. Don't do it in April. Get it, you know. <laughs> what What if Phil Kessel was the glue that held that whole franchise <laughs> together? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I even want to, th if you remember, you know, Teal Town USA, we put out shirts last playoffs and said, win it for Jumbo. I kind of want to put together something that's uh, you know win it for Patty. I don't know what the graphic would be. We'll come up with it, but I just can't picture people wearing a bright yellow shirt with a Teal Town logo. But anyway, I digress. Good row, good row, and the third round pick the Sharks got for Justin Braun uh, that went to Tampa Bay for Bye. a first round pick and Anthony Greco, who by the way scored his first goal for the Barracuda earlier this week. Um, it is a shame that Goodrow's last play in Teal is getting his pocket picked by Toes on Long Island, but that's fine. Uh, Greco had to come over in the deal because Tampa Bay had 50 contract, or they were beyond their 50 contract limit. Uh, so is this essentially Goodrow for a third, or essentially Goodrow and a third for Tampa's first? Basically. For a freaking first. And like, I'm so happy about that. I don't know if this is, I mean, yeah, it is Deal and Doug getting people in the chairing getting the things done but also i think this speaks to how um how much quality there is in goodrow's game that just was never fully utilized here in san jose and also like i think it's yeah it's it's sad to see that one of his last uh performances in teal he got his pocket pick but you gotta say like one of the first acts he did is a, is a tampa bay lightning uh, member was to just knock the holy snot out of John Tavares, and that was oh, twice. That was a, twice, yeah, and that was a lot of fun, especially when Tavares is sprawled out on the ice trying to smack smack Goody with a stick. And I'm like, yeah, oh, dude. suck it. Tavares pulled the like, don't you know who I am card with that yep. with that stick swing. It was uh -huh. oh man, that oh, I wish I would have had the gift for that. But yeah, that was absolutely entertaining. Uh, the other thing, but uh, wait, I had one more thing, but we got to get to Felix in the chat here who says, I will say, I also wouldn't pat it, put it past Wilson to sign another Haley slash Prout type player again in the future. You um, can leave the chat. Get out. <laughs> just, just get out. Well, no, I think he makes a fair point in oh, no. that. No, I, not, not Prout. You don't want another guy who's just a concussion problem. But it wouldn't surprise me to to like see Doug Wilson be like, so um, all star MVP John Scott, what you got going next season? <laughs> you know, oh, league, no. league minimum or something, and and just almost kind of riding that same train that he rode in 2015, where it's kind of like 
this upcoming season, 2021, is again going to be that kind of transition where we want to see more from guys like Gregor and Shellman or Blickfeld, uh, get a, finally get a look at maybe a, you know, a Chekovic or Shelevsky and take a look at those guys, but they have to have that, you know, that 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 blanket like Linus of John Scott. You know? <laughs> John Scott. <laughs> Just saying. It comes and tucks him into bed at night. Yeah. I mean, because you really, you lost really your, oh, your, man. your thumper with Dylan, <laughs> you know. California Cruise and asks uh, what Roman Pollock is doing these days. Oh, can we not? Yeah. <laughs> See what you did, AJ. <laughs> in, fa- in fact, if I remember correctly, I think he's he's been on IR a few times this season. So anyway. Oh. uh other news for the NHL trade deadline, of course, was Joe Thornton has remained in San Jose. Although, if you listen to the comments that had come out a day or so after the deadline, uh, he didn't sound necessarily thrilled about it. Uh, sounded like he wanted to go to a contender and try to go for it. And the thing that is really perplexing to me is the Dallas option. I say that only because of the social media. I don't know if you saw the same stuff, Rocket, but it was you'd see one tweet and it was like Dallas pushing hard to get Joe Thornton. And then a day later you see comments comments from uh like the Dallas media and it's like, yeah, they they weren't talking to San Jose about Thornton. We're not sure where that's coming from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on. I think it could have been an interesting story just based on two things. First of all, being uh, reunited, of course, with, with Little Joe. And the fact of the matter is there was an article that came out in The Athletic from about the Dallas Stars that Jim Neal told a story of back in the day, whenever it was, early 20, what I want to say like 2010, 11-ish, whatever it was. <clears throat> we all heard that story where uh, Doug Wilson came out. There was some comments after Joe Thornton lost his C. And it was, well, you know, Joe has a, he can lash out at people sometimes when he gets angry or blah, blah, blah. And then they brought those comments to Thornton. Thornton said, Doug needs to stop lying. That was the quote. And the story from Jim Neal was, we were looking at trading Jason Spezza. We had a deal that we were like, Wilson had agreed to it. Everything was going to work out. We were going to make this deal happen. We were going to get Joe Thornton. And Joe Thornton, I guess, was, despite the fact that he was quote-unquote in a fuck-you situation with Doug Wilson, Thornton nixed it. It was like his family was firmly entrenched in San Jose by that time. He was very comfortable, didn't want to move to Dallas. Either way, it could have been an interesting story. Are you still talking about 2010, or are you talking about now? No, I'm talking about back in 2010. So you're still in 2010. Yeah, just for that one part. But yeah, so... Tight 40. Yeah, I know. Uh, So anyway, all right, we'll move on from the Thornton part. After the trade deadline, Doug Wilson was quoted as saying, the bones are in place for this team. It will be a retool, not a rebuild. Okay. Um, Aren't you using the same bones that you had last year? No, because, well, uh, well, uh, no. I mean, it's the same contracts. Yeah. So that's, I don't understand why, I get it, well, okay, to a certain extent, I understand why Wilson is so freaked out to use the term rebuild, because, well, go ahead. I, I don't, I think our problem is not only, 
it's like the pieces that we have aren't good for us, but they're also not good for anybody else either. So even if they wanted to call it a rebuild, there's nobody to sell the pieces off to in order to rebuild it. Yeah, nobody wants to take those long-term contracts. Exactly. So, like, I guess, like, he can't call it a rebuild because he basically got himself stuck in the situation where he can't rebuild. It's all a retool from here. Because you're right, it is the same contracts. Because he's stuck. He can't do anything with them. And for all the people that sit there and go, oh, fire Wilson, fire Wilson. Whoever you bring in is going to be handcuffed by the same contracts. Mm -hmm, Exactly, yeah. So... I think he's probably the best person to get it out. Uh, excuse me, get to get the get out. Yeah, get out, get out if you want to survive. No, I, he. I think he's the best person to get us out of this mess. But I also think that maybe once everything is all cleared and the ship has once again been righted, there might be, you know, some writing on the wall for him. Well, again, I think maybe Doug Wilson's seat starts to turn room temperature if the Sharks miss next season. But as I stated on After Dark recently, you know, the the owner of the Sharks, he's not here. He's in Germany most of the time. He's got a lot of things going on. Now, they, they always say that oh, he watches every game on a stream or a, on delay or whatever. And he's, you know, he's paying attention. He's knows he knows what's going on. And that's all fine and well. But that's also a case of do we know that to be absolute fact? You, you know, you can be painting it like that. Again, you know, let me piss on your leg, tell you it's raining. We don't know. And the fact of the matter is, Hasso Plotner is a guy who just never talks to the media. It would be nice if he would talk and at least answer questions like once, twice a year. That would be kind of fun. So at least you'd get an idea of where his head was at. But the fact of the matter is, Doug Wilson does all the talking when it comes to that. So you really don't know. But it is what it is. He's just the owner, though. I know. <laughs> he's just he's just the pockets. Yeah, but he's the one who says who's going to be his GM. So So if he's happy with Doug then Well, let's see but, if he's happy with Doug if there's no revenue coming in in April of 2021. Mm. That's my point. So uh, let's move on to around the NHL. Uh, we were going to have jerks, winners, and losers from the trade deadline. Obviously, he's not here, so we'll have to like cut that in later. <laughs> uh, around the NHL, just a few quick notes. Um, are you tired of the David Ayers story yet? I mean, it's it, it was fun. It, it was absolutely fun, but I think for the most part, we're used to living in the 24 to 48 hour news cycle, and the fact that we're still still hearing about this the guy, upper deck has given him a card that's so cute uh, you know the canes are printing up shirts uh his wife is now famous for tweeting fuck me on twitter yeah. when it happened uh th- this i just feel like this story has is being run into the ground just a little bit and i wonder if it's because of all the bad news that kind of happened at the beginning of the season where we saw like jim montgomery shown a pink slip because of alcohol issues, or at least that's that's what it was stipulated as. We saw other coaches being fired because of inappropriate conduct, and it's almost no. like we need something fun to talk about, and this is no. a great story. But the other thing is is that no one's talking about really the fact that how the hell does Toronto not you know score at will on this asshole? They only got 10 shots on goal on the guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Kane's defense. Uh, okay, so I I have to say that this is uh, it's different 
because we have a different perspective. Okay. We're, we're there. We're in like the, the ground zero of what goes on in the hockey world. You know, like if somebody has a really bad shot, somebody has a really good shot. We hear about it. If we're not watching the game, we hear about it in intermission or the post game. We hear about it immediately. But we don't know. I mean, I don't at least know what's going on in say, uh, track and field, Olympic track and field, what's going on in that community right now. Right. So if something really major goes on there, they're going to know about it. The track and field people are going to know about it. And the rest of the world, maybe not going to know about it so much because they're not in that little ground zero. But if it's something really big and really makes a ripple, it's going to get out there. And the farther it gets out there, the more it gets talked about. And since we've been there, since the moment it happened, basically, we, the hockey community, have heard it more than anybody else. Literally, more than any other community on the planet. But it's such a good story. And such a, a, a story that's worth sharing, not necessarily oversharing, but sharing enough to where it draws interest outside of the NHL. Yeah, um, I so, I mean, it might feel a little bit worn just from our perspective, but we have to remember that not everybody is as plugged into the NHL as us because, you know. We're smarter than everybody else, but whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hot Wheels, call me a wet blanket, and Cheryl's just, you know, hey, it's a feel-good story. Let it happen. I, I agree with that, but it's just like, man, we're, all, we're damn near a week into this, and it's still like one of the biggest topics where I'm just I'm just, <laughs> I'm just surprised by it. I do think it's it's a, a really fun story, but like- How long did that cat, black cat story go on? Do you remember playoffs? Yeah. How long? Playoffs. That cat, yeah, that cat got its own rally towel. Yeah, but I don't remember like seeing that cat do a national tour on TSN and ESPN and getting its own hockey card from Upper Deck it and all of those. It was on all of the freaking news stations. It was on every news channel. It was all over the yeah, place. Yeah, but I wasn't hearing about it a week later. I was hearing about it for two or three days. Either way, it's just, you know, it is an awesome story. But, uh, you know, I think it's time for the next, you know, next next feel good story up at this. Well, point. make it happen already because it's not happening fast enough, obviously. Well, I, I have like the feel good story of fans showing up and trading uh, Girl Scout cookies for pucks with goaltenders. That's, That's been very fun to watch. Uh, I heard somebody like, got some avocados the other night at a Barracuda game. Uh, yes, I believe a uh, friend of the show, Skyler. Uh, <laughs> threw threw down some some avos and uh, and whatnot. So good for you. Uh, I can't believe that actually happened. <laughs> also around the league, and this is kind of an interesting press release that they threw out. The Seattle Thirty Twos have released interior mockups of their new arena, and they had a very impressive point of view in their press release where they said, "We have less suites." in the new arena than any new building built in the U.S. over the last 10 years. We actually limited the number of suites. Um, they're very focused on the atmosphere in the bowl. They want to make sure it is tight and loud with perfect acoustics to the point where they've actually kind of like tried to hide the high money areas that, you know, instead of highlighting them. Cause we've seen that on like staples where there's two bands of just, you know, the big money corporate suites, or you see, even with uh, the 49ers' relatively new stadium where it's a whole tower of the corporate suite. Like, here are the haves and here are the have-nots and whatnot. And Seattle's kind of taking this approach of, like, 
we want this really to be about the hardcore fans. We still want that corporate dollar, and we're going to have places for the that corporate dollar to to you know have a good time. But that's not going to be a big focus. So I'm really kind of interested to see how this arena comes out. But I thought that press release had some really great quotes on it. If you want to go find it, uh, you know, NHL.com, search the Seattle, I don't know, 32s, Seattle New Arena, whatever. Interesting. Uh, Man, if they change, if they honestly, if they were the 32s. I, I. I'm down for that name. I think I would go for 32s over Kraken at this point. I agree. I'm not mad at 32s. Like I, I'm, I'm. Not, I mean, like there's the 60, the, the what are the the 67ers or yeah, the Ottawa 67s. Yeah. So if there's the 67s, screw it. Let's have 32s. I'm all right. Dude. Yeah. I would be so down with it. It'd be like the Seattle tres dos bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be all up for that. Yeah. Uh. So the other day. Jerk and I got into a conversation. It was like, if you could choose, like if you were going to get a jersey, one from each team, who is the player that you would take from that team? Uh, like, And it can be all time. You know, so it's like if you get an Oilers one, maybe you're going to get Gretzky. Sure. Okay. Versus a McDavid or a Dreisaitl or whatnot. But one of the, the – and we went through the teams, and when we named – when we talked about Buffalo, I was – Verklempt. No, that's not the right word. I was at a loss is what I was. Uh, I had no idea who to pick. I've just like Buffalo, eh, you know, I'm just kind of, eh, not really anybody I can think of taking until this week. All right. Okay. Let's show you the play of the week. And the player oh. that I am taking now, if I'm getting a Buffalo Sabres jersey, would be Ristolainen, only because... Oh. Of the way that he absolutely <laughs> destroyed Ryan Reeves this week. I mean, can you feel me, people? This, I mean, you see Reeves coming in 12, 15 feet out. He's, you know, he's got a little bit of steam in the engine. Ristolainen's just standing there, catches him out of the corner of the eye, braces for it. for it. Yeah, and just <laughs> lean, barely leans in. And Reeves just bounces off of him like players used to bounce off of Douglas Murray. And he just goes into an absolute heap. Every time I see this hit, all I can hear is like Big Ben. That bell. That giant bell. (laughs) Yeah. Because I can see him like wobbling back and forth as he's falling. So I know he's not like fully able to see straight. And that's, that's exciting. Oh, man. I was... God, that was gorgeous. Anyway, a uh, couple quick notes before we uh, finish up our tight 45 here. Uh, for those of you who were unaware, at the beginning of this season, the Sharks put out a gorgeous calendar featuring their dog, Finn, at Sharks Pup on Twitter. But they put out a calendar, and we've come to find out that the photo, the player featured for March 2020, is Brendan Dillon. <laughs> Just uh, just things in the way they work out sometimes. That's all I'm saying. But, uh, boy, it's kind of like you see. The, I can just picture people who weren't paying attention, and they just flipped it over to March 1st, and they went, ah, awkward. But anyway, uh, finally, I don't know who you are, but stop. And the reason why I say this 
is because somebody out there has created a petition on like petition org or whatever the hell the website is that everybody and their mother can go create a silly petition for. And what's funny is the thing that they're driving for is a hundred signatures, which I was like a hundred people asking for something, probably not going to make that much of a difference, but what they're petitioning is to have Shang Peng friend of the show did an interview with them a couple months ago, have Shang Peng replace Kevin Kurz at the athletic. Now, my question here is you have to pay to read The Athletic. So you're basically saying, I like Shang so much, I want to work, I want him to go to a place where I have to pay to read him instead of reading him for free right now. Put that man behind a paywall immediately. (laughs) Right? Like reward him with a paywall. I mean, yep. come on. Who like can't we just read both? Like and my whole thing is oh, Kurz he's such a Debbie Downer and he's oh he's clearly biased or whatever, but he's got it out for the sharks. And of course my question being is uh, who tell me you tell me who's the person putting the gun to your head and forcing you to read his Twitter and athletic articles? You know? I who is that person? Maybe that's the person you should have the petition against. Yeah. But I don't get it. You know, it's look, it, it, everything is subjective. It's all subjective. I absolutely love Shang's writing. I also like a lot of the stuff that Kurz puts out. I love the, a lot of the stuff that Pichelle could just embrace the fact that people are writing about it. Could you yeah, imagine if true. we only had one writer? Like, isn't it nice to have multiple writers just like, uh, podcasts, you know, when we started this, it was, it was us, it was it, you know, and now there's like 20 out there. So, Hey, the more, the merrier, try try out everybody, pick the ones that you like. And if someone is pointing a gun to your head that you have to watch the pucknologist, you tell me who it is. I'll kick their ass then too. (laughs) Yeah. We don't, we don't condone, condone forcing anybody to listen slash watch to this show. Yeah. And, but the same thing. It's like, really? you It just seems like such a petty thing to do. It's like, come on. But whatever. Anyway. Uh, hey, that was a nice tight 45. Probably would have been an hour and 45 if Jerk was here just him doing trader, uh, trade losers and winners. But uh, Hashtag, you hate to see it. Hashtag intellectual property. <laughs> hashtag foreseen. Yes. Uh, hashtag no free ads. <laughs> California cruising. Can we get a petition to get Drew back? Dude, they, they put one up back in 2015, bro. <laughs> How'd that work out? It didn't. So what are you going to do? The only way Drew Remenda comes back here is if Hasso Plotner sells the team to somebody else. That's pretty much it. Hate to, hate to say it because I would love to have Drew back, but. Oh, anyway, and then Hot Wheels making the you know the right point. You can't complain about the NHL not getting coverage and drawing new fans, and then complain when they do get attention. Right? See, that's all I'm saying. Don't so, look a gift goalie in the mouth, especially when it drives a zamboni for your team. Hey now, so <laughs> uh, next week, uh, next week we may be on a little bit later than normal, or probably not. We're probably. Uh, boy, I'm trying to figure this out. You know what? Stay tuned to the Teal Town USA Twitter because the Sharks do play the rare Sunday game. And in fact, there are two in March. So that may throw off our schedule a little bit. Uh, maybe we'll put up a poll and say, would you rather us have a, sh- have a pucknologist at 
5 o'clock next Sunday, or should we just go at our new normal 8 o'clock hour, but on Monday following? Either way. If we'll you f- do if you do Monday, you don't get Rocket. Ruh-roh. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll put out a poll. <laughs> but chances are we're going to do 5 o'clock on Sunday. Anyway, uh, Toronto, Minnesota, Colorado, and Ottawa coming up this week for the Sharks. Uh, Toronto, again, you know, it was mentioned very early on. That's a, I think the Sharks can win that. Again, Toronto has not been playing their best. Uh, things are a little, 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 little sus over there, too, if I can invoke a little jerk. Then you get Minnesota. By the way, that's the broadcaster bobblehead game. Can't wait to uh, see that going. I hope they do something funny for the pregame or something where they're all like four lined up and they're all, you know, just kind of bobbing their head for a second, and then we can gift that. I think that would be outstanding. That'd be fabulous. Right, uh, and that would be the return, quote unquote, of Alex Stalock to the tank. And dude is playing some very good hockey of late. Then you get Colorado, who's been kind of even keel lately. And then, of course, Ottawa, which will the social media for that game should be great because it's all going to be talk about a lottery draft pick. So that's uh, what we can look forward to. Two kids before the next pucknologists. I uh, thought I had one more thing on the list, but I guess not. Didn't write it down. So, uh, Rocket, where can the people find you on the social media so we can wrap this up and get this party going? Hello, my name is Rocket Backhander. You can find me hanging out on Twitter, talking about hockey and YouTube drama and like you know stuff. Oh yeah, that don't you know? I I I look at all the YouTube drama and I I appreciate casserole recipes as well. Uh, yeah, so check me out over on Twitter, capital R, capital B, little Ackhander76, Backhander 76 at Twitter. And you can also check me out over on Instagram, uh, like weird selfies and pictures of my feet and the cat and stuff. Like, And then also sharks things too when it, when it happens and it does happen. Uh, Rocket Backhander, one word, all lowercase Instagram. That's it. AJ? Hey now. And when I bring up Minnesota, remember the last time the Sharks played Minnesota, Jones won nothing shutout in that one. So that could be a lot of fun. John John bringing the super chat, $2 donation. We so appreciate that. And remember, anytime you use the super, fa- super chat function and donate, your question automatically gets read and answered. Is Plasso, uh, I guess that's Hasso Plotner, but I like that. Uh, like, Same. Like Vera on Cheers You Never See. Absolutely. Or yep. like uh, uh, Wallowitz's mom on Big Bang Theory. Or Matt Damon on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Uh, f- absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much, John. John, that was cool. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you AJ underscore Strongs on social media. That's where I am. So with that, uh, we will catch you next Sunday. Sounds like it's going to be an earlier than normal show, so maybe we can go from like 5, let me see, uh, the game starts at 7 p.m. Uh, maybe we go like 5 to 6, 5 to 6.15 or something, then we give you that little bathroom break there, and then you can watch Brody and those guys do, uh, you know, an, an inferior show to ours, but a show nonetheless, and uh, <laughs> 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 they got a full-blown blown, blown production crew in a hot spanking new studio, what are you going to do? No, Brody and those guys, they know we love them, so... Anyway, thank you very much for watching. We will catch you next week. So remember, as always, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Thank you very much. Hit that subscribe button. Tell a friend. We're very close to 2,000, and we would appreciate hitting it. Thanks again. See you next week.